What's going on, everyone? Welcome back inside Big Easy in the Big Apple D destination for the Houdat Nation. I'm your host, as always, Chris Rosvoglu. You can follow me on Twitter at Rosvoglu Report, and you can also support the podcast. Uh, we have several tiers that allow you to actually come on the show, suggest topics, and um, other cool stuff as well. And you can do it for as little as 99 cents per month supporting the podcast. But anyway, let's get into it. So I already had an episode earlier in the week on Monday talking about that Saints upset victory over the Seahawks. Now's the question. Do they have an encore in store? Can they beat the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football? Um, with everyone watching, can Teddy Bridgewater and the Saints show that they are one of the contenders in the NFC? I mean, you know my answer about that. I feel they can. Um, but can they beat a really good Cowboys team undefeated, to say the least, um, without Drew Brees? That is the question, and I'll have the answer in a little bit. But let's get into some news, uh, just hard news in general. Drew Brees and that timeline and his recovery and what's going on. So Drew Brees' actual timeline is four to seven weeks. Um, I, I think if he hits the four-week mark, you'd see him in the Bears game, which is probably not the best game for him to come back in. I know a lot of people are like, whenever we get Brees back, let's do it. Uh, yeah, obviously, I, I, I agree with you. I think that's the way to go about it. But do you want his first game being in Chicago against Akeem Hicks, against Khalil Mack, against Aaron Lynch, Roquan Smith, and those boys? They're going to get after it. And what the Bears aren't great on is offense. So I don't think it's like you're going to have to worry about Trubisky in a shootout. It's about managing the game well. So I don't know if Drew Brees will be under center uh, for that matchup. But that's not here yet, so forget about that. Um, what I found really interesting, though, was they were talking about his surgery. and He's got an insert to keep the thumb stable. I thought that was pretty intriguing, actually, because they said it's a basketball-type surgery and it's a basketball-type injury. It's all about grip and when... He feels comfortable holding on to the football. That's going to determine when he actually comes back to the New Orleans Saints. As for other players coming back, how about a reunion that none of us saw coming? The prodigal son, Stefan Anthony, returns to the Bayou. And look, I tweeted about it, and I wasn't kidding at all. I was serious um, that I had a Stefan Anthony shirt. I still have a Stefan Anthony shirt. Um, I thought he was awesome his rookie year, energetic, made a lot of great plays from an interception uh, against the Colts, I believe it was to having a uh, block extra point return for two points against Carolina, which was they were undefeated at that year. Um, he was fun to watch. And then he just fell out, didn't really know the playbook well, was getting beat too many times. And outside of stopping the run, he was of no use. Well, with Caden Ellis out with the Torn ACL for the season, you bring in Stephon Anthony and hope that he could fix special teams. Plus, he has a familiarity with the special teams coach who he was with down in Miami. So you hope he can just play that role and keep it simple for New Orleans in that case. As for the rest of the team, uh, another guy they're not going to have is Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith still has an ankle injury. Um, I don't think he's playing this Sunday. Didn't practice on Thursday. Didn't practice on Wednesday. The odds of him playing are slim to none. Um, so that's another news thing for the Saints. Now, before I address the game, the matchups to look out for, the predictions and all that, 
Um, I want to talk about a rumor that's been floating around with the Saints, and it's a trade, and a big trade rumor. There's two of them. First is A.J. Green. Second is Stephon Diggs. The first one, A.J. Green. I'll address that one real quick. That is nothing more than mere speculation of people saying, hey, you know, if the Bengals want to trade A.J. Green, he'd look nice in the black and gold. I agree with you, but there's two issues. One, he's always injured. And two, I don't think it's worth trading a third-round pick, second-round pick, whatever you think it's going to net you A.J. Green, um, when we don't even know how he's going to play off the injury. The odds are if he gets traded, he's going to get traded um, without even playing a game for the Bengals. And so you're taking him off that ankle-slash-foot injury and hoping that he's going to be okay. And you don't know if that's going to be the case. So I, I think that's a risk the Saints don't need to take. Um, as for Stephon Diggs, it does sound like Diggs is going to want out of Minnesota. It sounds like they'd be willing to trade him. They already pay Thielen a lot. They're running the football. Um, so when you're running the football a lot and you already have Thielen, you already have Kyle Rudolph, Dalvin Cook is a, a beast right now, can you pay Thielen and Diggs a lot? No. So why would you be able to pay Thomas and Diggs a lot? It makes no sense. Um, also, I don't know about you, but at least this is my my feeling on this. I don't want to see Stephon Diggs in a Saints uniform. I don't care um, that he's a good player, and he'd be a great compliment. And look, at the end of the day, if the Saints acquired a player of his talents, sure, whatever, he's a great player. But do we really want the man who had the catch in the Minnesota Miracle on the Saints? It would be like a really weird plot twist. Um, honestly, it, it really would. Um, so I don't I don't know. That would be just so uncomfortable to look at. And as for Diggs, the Vikings gave him a hefty five-year deal in the $80 million range, paying him and paying Thomas for the foreseeable future, not in the cards. Um, so a lot of people tweeted at me about it, said, do you think we're going to get Diggs? Do you think we're going to get Green? Because they restructured Larry Warford's contract. My answer is neither. Um, and anyone who's asked about Des Bryant, and there were a couple of you, I don't get the Des fascination. His career's over. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it is. He's, uh, he. let's put it this way, he's not in football shape. He hasn't played in, in about, what, two years now? Um, Last time, he couldn't get through a practice without tearing his Achilles. He's older. He is someone who wants his targets, and I don't know if he's willing to accept the role um, that would be there for him where he'd be behind Thomas and Ginn. I don't know if he'd be fine with that and behind Cook and Kamara in terms of targets. Um, so I don't like that idea. So let's just throw that to the side. But anyway, that's what's going on. We got Drew Brees, four to seven weeks. We got Stephon Anthony returning to play on special teams. We got Traquan Smith probably out another week, which is frustrating because I thought he was coming on strong in the Rams game before he got hurt. Um, and then lastly, like I just talked about, Diggs, AJ Green, those rumors, what's going on? It's nothing. I think it's just, you know, people blowing out smoke right now, hoping for the best. But in reality, if the Saints make a trade, it's not going to be for a superstar. It'd be for a role player like an Eli Apple a couple years ago that they could bring in and say, you know what? I think we could put him here on our defense. Or, you know what, I think he could be a decent third down receiver for us. Someone like that. Um, someone who's a role player isn't going to cost you that much. That makes more sense. And someone who's not on a big salary. Um, because remember, the Saints have a lot of mouths to feed. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, possibly Trey Hendrickson a couple years from now. Um, Alvin Kamara, Ryan Ramchek. The list goes on and on. So I, I don't think adding a green or Stephon Diggs is the move there. But anyway, what you guys want to hear about the Saints-Cowboys matchup, what, you know, one-on-one -on -one, um, X's and O's are going to determine that outcome, who's going to win the game, which player am I going to tune into the most and see how they're playing. Um, and I'm going to get into that all after, uh, right after, excuse me, the break here on Big Easy and the Big Apple. 
And welcome back inside Big Easy in the Big Apple. Once again, Chris Rosvogel here as your host. Follow me on Twitter at Rosvogel Report. And the same goes for Instagram, which is strictly um, podcast news, episodes, all that good stuff. But we talked about the hard news involving New Orleans. Let's switch over to the game between the Saints and the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. You have the 3-0 undefeated Cowboys facing the 2-1 Saints coming off an upset victory against the Seahawks. Here's the reality. I said it on Twitter. I'll say it again. Dallas has played a bunch of JV squads before this matchup. They played the Eli Manning-led Giants, and let's be real, Eli Manning should have retired five years ago. They played the Washington Redskins, led by Case Keenum. We saw what Case Keenum did on Monday night. He had five turnovers. Um, And then they played the Miami Dolphins, and we know Miami's battling for the number one pick this year. So, regardless that Drew Brees is not in this matchup, this is the toughest game to date for this Dallas team. Now, factor in that it's in New Orleans. Factor in that Amari Cooper and Zach Martin, if they play, are going to be playing hurt. Factor in Michael Gallup being out of the lineup with a knee injury. There's a lot going against Dallas, but you also have to remember they're going to have the better quarterback in that in that game, and that's going to be a very decisive point in this one. But I think what's going to be so important, and arguably the most important matchup on Sunday night, is how Dallas covers Alvin Kamara. Last year, they did something interesting, something no other team really tried to do, and it was actually pretty created by Chris Richard in that defense. They put defensive backs on Alvin Kamara, in particular, Jordan Lewis, the Michigan cornerback that they drafted a couple of years prior. He was covering Kamara in the slot. When Kamara came out, he'd follow him. And no, Lewis isn't a shutdown corner, but you have a better chance of Lewis stopping Kamara than you do a linebacker or you do a safety, and Dallas learned that, and in reality, I think that Saints-Cowboys game from last year wasn't something that was crazy alarming for New Orleans because they were you know, coming on a short week, they're on the road, they were due for a bad game, um, they just looked out of sync, all that going against them. But it is interesting to see how Dallas attacked Alvin Kamara. And Kamara's coming off his best game of the season. You know for damn sure that the Cowboys have been preparing to stop number 41, and they're going to have to because if they can't stop Alvin Kamara, they're in deep trouble. Um, we've seen what he does when Kamara's on the money, it opens up the game for Bridgewater. He doesn't have to make big throws. He can just manage the game accordingly and the saints will be fine. So how does Dallas stop? Kamara is going to be a big key in this game. If they can't great news for the saints. If they do, someone else is going to have to step up and I'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Next thing I want to note is how does the saints D line get after Dak Prescott last year? They sacked him seven times in that matchup. It was a lot of uh, David Onyemata, a lot of Cameron Jordan, Taylor Stallworth. They were all fantastic. This Saints D-line is the strength of their defense. Um, you got Hendrickson having a breakout season. You have Cameron Jordan doing his thing. You have Marcus Davenport showing out. You got three really good defensive ends. Then you got David Onyemata coming, uh, coming back week two, and he's been good ever since. Then you have Malcolm Brown in the middle. Maybe Sheldon Rankins makes his debut on Sunday. This D-line is really good, and Mario Edwards is hurt, to add that, so they'll have him back eventually. This D-line, in my opinion, is six-man deep. Six-man deep, uh, you know, we got a six-man defensive line rotation. That's probably one of the better ones in the league, if not the best. Um, And not a lot of people talk about the Saints defensive line because they haven't had a great pass rush in recent years, but this D-line is for real. It's going to be one of the top five units in the league, and if they can get after Dak, who hasn't really faced a lot of pressure because of their opponents in recent weeks, they're going to have a really good chance of winning this game. I think they're going to have a really good chance regardless, but if they get after Dak like they did last year, it could be a long day for the Cowboys. And 
out of that defensive line, offensive line battle, what's going on in the trenches, the most important one is Marcus Davenport versus Tyron Smith. We all know about Tyron Smith. He's an all-pro left tackle, one of the best in the business for many years now. But Davenport's a big man, and, and what he's done to really good left tackle so far this year has been pretty impressive. Week one, made a fool out of Laramie Tunsil. Week two, we didn't get to see enough um, against Whitworth and the Rams, but he did look pretty good. And then week three against Seattle, granted Seattle doesn't have a great offensive line, he did do a you know, phenomenal job against Dwayne Brown, who out of the entire Seahawks line is their best weapon. So I think Davenport could have a big game. Um, I think he's going to try and keep this rolling. He's been fantastic to start the season. And when he gets rolling, even if he doesn't get a sack, he opens up everything for the D-line. There's no double teams for Cam Jordan. Trey Hendrickson can come in on a, on a stunt move and get the sack. David Onyemata can get in there and cause interior pressure. So much goes right when number 93 is ma- 92 excuse me, is making plays for the Saints. And if Davenport continues doing so, this Saints defensive line is going to thrive on Sunday night, especially if Dallas doesn't have Zach Martin. Now, of course, you're listening to this on a Friday morning. We don't know if Zach Martin's going to play yet, but if Zach Martin is out for that game, the Cowboys are in trouble because that, def- that defensive line of the Saints is coming regardless, and if they don't have their best offensive guard, it's going to be a lot harder to keep Dak Prescott upright on Sunday. Now, talked about a couple of defensive matchups in the trenches. How about one outside in the secondary and it's Marshawn Lattimore versus Amari Cooper. Cooper leads the Cowboys in the following statistics right now. Receiving yards, receptions, touchdowns. Touchdown receptions, of course. And it's pretty clear that Amari Cooper's the number one wide receiver. Anyone that didn't like the trade at first has switched their stance because they realize, you know, Amari Cooper's damn good at football. And I think for the Cowboys, without Michael Gallup, they're going to try and get him involved from the jump. And Lattimore... If, if I'm him, I'm pressing on Amari Cooper. Now, I know the Saints have been playing zone. Marshawn Lattimore's not happy about that. I understand that. But if they're going to play man and they want him to take him out of the game, press him all night long. And the reason I say this, and I know Cooper has good release from the line of scrimmage, Cooper's battling an ankle injury. He just got an MRI on Wednesday. He's been dealing with a lower leg injury since, I want to say, July. He had a heel problem in camp, and it lingered throughout. Um, and now it's lingering into the season where his ankle hurts. Test him. See how his release is early in the game. Now, if he's getting good release, then Marshawn takes a step back or two. But if he's not, you press him all night, and you force Dak Prescott to go through his second, third, maybe fourth read. And, and you know, if he's getting to his fourth read, there probably isn't going to be enough time. I'll probably be sacked by then. So I like that matchup for the Saints. I know Cooper got the best of him last year. I think Marshawn Lattimore gets the best of Amari Cooper this time around. A lot of people are calling out Lattimore, saying he's got to step up. No bigger stage on Sunday Night Football to get the job done. Now. Like I said, discuss the defense. We got Lattimore who needs to step up. Davenport who needs to play well against Tyron Smith. And how is Dallas' defense going to attack Alvin Kamara? Well, the most important position, like we know, quarterback. How are the Saints going to manage Bridgewater and Taysom Hill coming into this game? The beauty of that win over Seattle was that the Saints were in control of it from the very moment Deontay Harris had that punt return for a touchdown. And once Harris got that punt return, they realized they could manage the game, play good defense, and they'll be fine. So, in doing that, the Saints didn't use Taysom Hill at all. They used him a couple of snaps here and there. But anything that Sean Payton thought about using, he gets to push a week further, which means the Cowboys don't have tape on whatever Sean Payton wants to bring out. And an interesting thing that I really noticed last year when the Saints played the Cowboys is that 
Sean Payton didn't use Taysom Hill much. And considering the speed of Dallas's linebackers in Leighton Vanderesh and Jalen Smith, a guy like Taysom Hill can really help out because one, he can get through contact, and two, Taysom Hill might be the fastest quarterback in football outside of Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. So I think they have to use him in some capacity, maybe 10 snaps or so at quarterback, maybe a little bit less, maybe seven or six. Um, but either way, get him involved. I know Sean Payton doesn't want to risk hurting his quarterback because he's the he's the true backup now. It is what it is. But against Dallas's defense, that's quick. They're aggressive. And man, they will hit you up high. You need Taysom Hill. And Teddy's going to do fine. I trust Teddy Bridgewater. He's not going to win you games, but he's not going to lose you games at all. What Teddy's going to do is keep you in perfect position to win ball games. He might not make the throws that wow you and get you over the top like a Mahomes or what Breeze has been doing for the last you know, 10, 12 years. But Teddy's going to keep you in the game. It's about getting Taysom in there now for a couple of chunk plays here and there and throwing off this Dallas defense. And I think Sean Payton's going to be able to do that. And because of that, I think the Saints are going to be able to upset the Cowboys. Now, I wasn't, I, I was high on this game regardless whether it was going to be Breeze, Bridgewater, Hill for one reason. The Saints are motivated. And I know Dallas is, and they want to prove to everyone that they're the best team in the NFC and that they're not a fluke. And that's fine. I understand that. Um, but I think not having any competition hurts Dallas in this spot. What do you learn from beating on Eli Manning and Case Keenum and Josh Rosen? Nothing. And if we're going to be honest with each other, Teddy Bridgewater is better than the three quarterbacks I named. Now, if it was Drew Brees, obviously it's not even close, but Teddy Bridgewater is better than Rosen. He's better than Eli Manning and he's better than Case Keenum. Let's call fact a fact. So I think that really hurts Dallas. And what I think really affects them is playing in the dome. Remember, they beat New Orleans by three in their house. Now they're playing in New Orleans' house on Sunday night football with the crowd amped up. And I think because the Saints were able to beat Seattle, their fans are thinking, you know what? We really have a shot to win a bunch, a bunch of ball games until Breeze gets back. And when he does, make a push for a nice playoff run. And that really is true, and and it's a fair uh, train of thought for them. So now you're in New Orleans. You're trying to send a message: go three and one, beat the one of the few undefeated teams in the NFC, and show that when Breeze comes back, this team's a Super Bowl contender. And that's what you can do on Sunday night. And that's what I think they will do. Um, now I think the game's going to be close. Dallas's defense is too good to lose by a large margin if they even do lose, but I think they will. And I don't think the Saints are going to be able to put up that many points on this Dallas defense with Bridgewater at the helm. So what I'm saying is a 21-17 to 17 ball game. I think the Saints are going to do just enough on offense. And what really comes down to is creating plays through creativity of Sean Payton's mind. And Sean Payton is one of the most creative play callers in the business. And when you don't have Breeze, you have to scheme certain plays open. You know Michael Thomas is going to do his thing. But what if Michael Thomas is double-teamed? What if Alvin Kamara is double-teamed? Sean Payton's going to have to scheme his other players open. He's going to have to scheme stuff for Taysom Hill. He's going to have to get Jared Cook involved. And one guy I'm counting on this weekend, I think this is the weekend where if he doesn't show out, I'm going to be a little bit nervous, but if he does, it's an encouraging sign for the rest of the season, Latavius Murray. Before I go, the reason I'm calling out Latavius Murray is for one reason. Last year, Dallas kept hitting Alvin Kamara up high. And whether you want to call it dirty or not, we all know what it was. They continued to hit him in the helmet. And Kamara was a little bit gel-legged in, in that sense. And Ingram didn't have a great game. And they were just able to shut down that running game. 
If the same happens where they're focusing on shutting down Kamara and getting after him, Murray needs to hammer the ball down Dallas's throat. And if he can do that, it helps their case of winning even more. So look for Murray to hopefully show that he's a physical back and can be a complimentary piece to Alvin Kamara on Sunday night. But once again, I have the Saints winning 21 to 17. I think Bridgewater does just enough. And the defense is the reason they win this football game because they're going to get after Dak Prescott. And Marshawn Lattimore is going to test that bum ankle of Amari Cooper on Sunday. But it's going to be a fantastic game. Um, regardless of what happens, it's going to be a good test for the Saints with or without Breeze because you're going to see where they can hang against the elites in the NFC like a Dallas Cowboys team that did make the NFC Divisional Round of the playoffs last season. But that's going to do it for this edition of Big Easy in the Big Apple. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Stay tuned for more content. And remember, Monday will be our review slash recap of the Dallas-New Orleans game. But until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Have an excellent weekend. And let's hope the Saints can get take care of business against the Cowboys on Sunday night.